I think consumers often think that it's a choice. You're either a sustainable business or you're not. And I think that there's so much in between. Hello and welcome to the Age of Plastic podcast with me, Andrea Fox, a broadcaster just trying to work out how to be more sustainable. If you are too, you are in the right place. Hope you've enjoyed the series so far. We've touched on turning old plastic PPE into new plastic PPE, sustainability and fashion with Laura Jean, and on the last episode, tableware, proper compostable products with Lauren Groper from Repurpose. We are also going to check out on this series technology and the product which could replace plastic in the future, which did get mentioned on the last episode actually as well. Today though, before our eco life hack, we are delving in on today's episode into the topic of gold. Yes, we are going for gold. We're talking gold jewellery. Now you might think, gold jewellery, Andrea, what a luxury. Well, yes, and if you watched the BBC show All the Glitters recently, what a skill it is to make jewellery. But did you know that the device you're listening to this podcast on right now likely contains precious metals sourced from the earth that are likely to run out? And the next big area to mine for materials like gold is rather unexpected. We are going to get into that on today's episode. With Catch Reese jones Now, Catch stands for Catherine. She is the founder and creative director of jewellery brand Catch Reese, Solid jewellery that doesn't cost the earth. A brand that wants to be honestly priced. They are plastic-free using recycled paper and reusable packaging and 85% recycled materials hoping to be a hundred percent today on the episode get into why catch describes catch reese as a responsible rather than sustainable brand why recycled materials aren't always on everyone's radar the weird spaces we will likely find gold in future and tips on buying sustainable jewelry plus greenwashing in the industry here's catch reese jones from the brand catch reese Thank you so much for chatting to me about the brand for the Age of Plastic podcast. Welcome on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. I am really excited to talk about uh, glittery jewellery, bit of a fan of jewellery. Um, and I have pieces from your brand. Uh, it's something I've been watching for a while and I find it really interesting how you talk about being more sustainable when it comes to jewellery. And it's not something that we've touched on on the podcast before. But first up, how did you end up working in the jewellery industry? Um, oh, that's an interesting question. I sort of fell into it by accident. Um, I worked in fashion PR uh, a long time ago now. Wow. And I sort of quickly realized that I didn't want to do this, do it for someone else. I wanted to have my own business. It's something that's uh, that's always been what I wanted to do was have my own business. So I sort of thought about what I could get into and my background is in fine art. So I wanted to do something creative. So I took um, some short courses in jewelry making and I really loved it. And when I was doing that, um, I realized that everyone was asking me the same questions, which was where can I buy solid gold chains, hoops, rings. Um, And I noticed that there was definitely a gap in the market for just really simple, well-made jewelry. Because I feel like we talked about this before, but I joked like Elizabeth Duke in the Argos catalogue. That's the only sort of place. Or like supreme high end that we would not be able to afford. And that was kind of it. Yeah, totally. I mean, my one of my early strap lines was was that Catch Reese is like Argos, but better. Because um, <laughs> also, nothing against those brands. There's less. There's definitely less traceability involved. But mm. the the whole brand experience isn't very luxury, 
Um, mm. And I think that from the beginning, that was something that was really important to me. Um, you know, what the packaging's like. I know that I know that jewelry is big in the gifting world. So, um, you know, you want the whole experience, even though the jewelry itself is quite simple, you want the experience to be really well put together and um, enjoyable. So that was always something that was really important to me from the beginning. Yeah. And what sort of other questions did, did you get from people? Or what sort of jewellery were you seeing sort of out there other than the Argoses of this world? Well, I, th- I think that in the last five, ten years or so, there's been a big boom in gold-plated jewellery. Um, and that was something that I noticed. I mean, when I start, when I went to the jewellery world, I knew nothing about jewellery. Actually, nothing about jewellery and nothing about business. I just sort Yay! of <laughs> like, flew in head first and I've learned everything as I go along, um, which was why, but I've always been very keen to get stuck into every aspect of the brand. Yeah. I, I knew that I wanted to, to outsource the actual manufacturing of the jewellery really early on, but I wanted to have that knowledge basic knowledge myself about about the process of how it's made uh, from the very start just to have a better understanding of of the business overall Mm. um and so i had heard about gold plating and i'd seen the jewelry everywhere and then you know these terms like gold vermeil have become very popular and i still found that the quality wasn't that good and that the jewelry always came with really long care instructions so it was you'd buy a pair of hoops and it would be like don't sleep in them don't wear them in the shower don't put moisturizer on don't put perfume on and it was like well when can you wear this <laughs> um and i'm also very lazy so self-proclaimed lazy person when it comes to things like jewelry um so i want to just put a pair of hoops on and not take them out for yeah six months um and think about it again yeah so that didn't really like sit that well with me all those care instructions it was kind of felt like it was too precious to use um and so i i sort of did a bit of digging and learned what gold placing and gold vermeil means and essentially it is just a very thin layer of gold on top of a base metal and gold the difference between gold vermeil and gold placing is that the base metal for gold vermeil has to be silver which is a precious metal. Mm. Um, whereas with gold plated, it's often like brass or a cheaper metal, which can, that's when your mm. fingers turn green and, and okay. things like that's that. That's what it is. The yeah. gold's gone. <laughs> exactly. And that's the opposite of what you do. We mentioned solid jewellery at the start of the podcast. You are com- solid solid jewellery completely for a reason. And you think this is the more sustainable way to do things, right? Yeah, for sure. So I, interestingly, when I started the business, I, I did have a few plated pieces. And then as I started to think about the values as of the business, as it started to grow, I just realized that with a plated piece of jewelry, it's never going to last forever. It's never going to last in the form that you receive it forever. You, it won't be wearable um, for years to come. And that for me just felt really unsustainable Mm. um because i think that people are buying too much stuff like that's that's the main issue i think is overconsumption which drives overproduction which drives waste and so i was thinking to myself well what are the basics that everybody has in their jewelry wardrobe and how can we make those in a way that you buy it once and it lasts forever and that's sort of 
what led me to get rid of anything plated and and now we have a no plating policy which means that all of our pieces are either solid gold or sterling silver um so that's exciting yeah it is yeah and uh, let's talk about the materials that you use then because it's solid gold and sterling silver and you use lots of recycled materials as well don't you yeah so in an ideal world we would have 100 percent recycled gold and silver and that is what we're working towards doing um but it's actually harder than you'd think to find suppliers i think that it's it is like all things sustainable or Mm. i like to use the word responsible more than sustainable but sort of ethic more ethical it is a fast moving trend i would say it shouldn't be a trend it should be a life a way of life um and manufacturers are still catching up i think um the jewelry industry is really old-fashioned and traditional and the the artisans making the jewelry don't necessarily have the same knowledge in you know sustainability and climate change and don't necessarily have the same drive to move towards recycled metals 100 percent. and i think that it's difficult because it's it's a supply chain thing once you know, if you're going to work with a new material, then you have to find a new supplier and you have to change everything across the whole uh, supply chain of manufacturing. And so it's it's difficult to find these really artisanal makers who are willing to work in recycled metals. Um, so, yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I suppose, as you say, it is a skill that maybe again at the end of the, you know, us consumers at the end forget about the skill involved. But once you've done something for a long, long time, then that's the way you want to do it. And it's a conversation, isn't it, between you with this sort of knowledge of the consumer and what you want to do with your brand, trying to convince them that this is a, you know, you'll be ahead of the curve if you do this, I suppose. Totally, yeah. And also as a small business, it's really difficult. Mm. It's, you know, we're not the Tiffany's of the world producing 10,000 units at a time. When you're only buying 20, you know, 20 units of an item, it's very difficult to go to a supplier and say, can you change your supply chain to include recycled metals, but only for 20 units of product. And that's what makes it really, really, uh, really, really difficult. And also quality is obviously really key for me because I'm looking to produce things that will last a really long time that people only have to buy once and that will last forever and so you need to find the best quality suppliers and they often aren't the ones who are ahead of ahead of the curve in terms of using recycled metals and and also it's it's the it's the ethics of the factory you know mm. it, it's not just about the materials that they're using it's it's the employment rights it's you know they're like the ethics of the entire chain and and the place and the way that they work and yeah I think consumers often think that it's a choice you're either a sustainable business or you're not and I think that there's so much in between um it's not as simple as just finding an ethical supplier or not finding an ethical supplier although there are definitely businesses that could do more work in trying to be more ethical yeah I'm sure I'm sure and your factories then you've got quite a good relationship with them they're quite a lot of them are family run are they not yeah so I try I've since the beginning I've like sourced all the factories myself until really recently I actually worked with a 
an amazing consultant called Sarah Collins, who is an ethical manufacturing consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that's really important to me is that they're small, that they're tr- quite transparent in their practices, that you know what's going on. Because I think a lot of jewelry is made in um, Asia and not that that's all, all always bad, but I think that often, you know, you go to a con- to countries like India and you don't necessarily know the conditions that the people working there are in. Um, so I try in the beginning, my aim was to keep all production 100% within the UK. I mm-hmm. really wanted to support British business. Um, and I do still manufacture a lot of my products in the UK, but there are certain mm. mechanisms and things that they just don't do in the UK. <laughs> um, it's all, as I say, it's all a massive learning curve. Um, you can't just go to a factory and say, I want this. They're like, well, we don't use tubing. Off you go to don't. Tuscany, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so so we've moved some of the production to Italy. I would love to keep nice. it all within Europe. Um, yeah. But I think the Italians are really behind when it comes to recycled metals. Um, really? Yeah, it's really interesting. I don't know if it's just it's again it's very old-fashioned it's very traditional italians are famously like brilliant jewelry makers but i think the thing about jewelry is that people start really young as apprentices and sort of work their way up and so a lot of the people making the jewelry now have been working in it for 30 40 years and they aren't as keen for change maybe Mm. Mm. um but we get we are getting there. I think we found somewhere in Italy that's going to be able to do what we like. So fingers crossed. I really my aim is to be a hundred percent recycled metals by the end of this year, twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So that would be great. Um, yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, it's not as easy as you'd think. It's like, yeah. a, it's like a full time job in itself. <laughs> Just doing that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, bless you. And let's get into gold because obviously we're talking about a precious metal. Um, And it's in so many things now. We forget about how many different electronics that it's part of. Um, But it's not like it's infinite. We're just going to keep mining and finding gold. And I imagine that mining in itself, possibly not the most sustainable practice around, right? Yeah, totally. So gold... The reason that gold is so expensive, and it is very expensive, I think um, nine carat gold is is around twenty four pounds per gram at the moment. Um, wow! And the reason for that is because it's so scarce. The supply of it is so scarce. So they think that we've mined around eighty percent of the world's gold supply already, wow. um, and the demand for it way outweighs the supply which is why there are so many issues with the mining itself because it's such a commodity that people go to really extreme lengths to get it um and that's that's where a lot of the issues come from so about 20 percent of the gold's uh, the world's gold supply is extracted by artisanal miners who are essentially small they small miners who come in after big mining companies have have mined the area and they use mercury to extract the tiniest particles of gold by hand and mercury is really poisonous to both humans and the environment Um, and they are you know not working in good conditions it's dangerous Mm. so 
it's a real issue. Um, the value of it is so high that it's encouraging this unregulated mining. And so that's a real issue. And the problem is, is there's a massive illegal trade in it as well. Um, they say that the illegal, the illegal gold trade in Colombia now outweighs the illegal drug trade um, because gold wow. is so high in value, but is not an illegal substance. So it's much easier to carry over the border yeah. um, and to smuggle. But also the, the issue with gold is that it's not traceable. So once it's once it's been mined, it goes in into the supply and there's not a way really of telling where it's come from or how it's been mined. And so it's very, very difficult to work out where the gold's come from and if it's been ethically mined. Mm. Um, so there are all there are all sorts of problems with it. And even the bigger the bigger mining corporations are notoriously they you know they're still using chemicals they use a lot of water um it's just basically a like a rubbish uh industry in terms of its ethics and sustainability which is why for us recycled metals is the best option because they're already out there they've already been extracted and the beauty of gold and silver is that they can be recycled over and over again it's a really circular material um, mm. which is great so why not why not reuse the materials that are already already out there yeah completely and we've seen i think this week that we're speaking some area i've forgotten the country now where they think they may have found diamonds it's sort of and everyone is out there with their picks you know trying to look mm -hmm. for them so you can completely see how yeah looking for gold there's there's money in them their hills so that's what people are going to try and do totally totally and there are definitely there there have been issues as well where mining companies want to mine certain areas and they've picketed the, the locals have picketed against it because obviously it's oh, wow. it's not good for I think there's areas, I think there's parts of Canada where that's happened because oh, it's really? not it's not good for the environment. Um, yeah. And so people don't want it on their on their doorstep. Yeah. Um, but it's obviously such a high value material that, you know, it's almost impossible mm. to to stop people from going after it. Yeah. And is it true that because, like, as I mentioned, there's a little bit in sort of electrical components so many precious materials in our electricals and we haven't really been considering that at all so there's actually probably gold to be mined in landfill oh yeah 100 percent. so they say the next gold rush is going to be in landfill wow um, which is I mean, amazing that doesn't sound very healthy either does it like people no. going and attacking landfill full of methane <laughs> it's it's yeah it's wild it's there's there's gold basically in every electronic pretty much so most cars computers tvs phones um, it's a really con con highly conducting uh, material, metal. So it's used in certain components of electronics. So in fact, Gosh. some of the recycled metals that go into back into jewelry will have come from the electronics industry. Um, wow. But I think often the problem is that the older electronics go into landfill, which often gets or often gets shipped to like third world countries or poorer countries and ends up in the landfill there, and then you know you have very dangerous conditions where people are again in an un, um, unregulated way they're going in and the way to extract it again is by using these chemicals which is really dangerous um, and they're extracting tiny amounts that's the thing as i said it's you know 25 pounds a gram 
um Gosh. that's and that's not pure gold that's um like i don't know off the top of my head but it would probably be about 60 pounds a gram for pure gold Gosh. um and so you can see why it's such a commodity yeah so lucrative especially if we already have taken about you know 80 percent of it out of the ground possibly yeah um, exactly I've always wanted to do something for the age of plastic that will be helpful to you. As of this series, you can now go and download a template from my website. That will have a handy form you can copy and paste into an email to any company who you want to ask to use less plastic. It could be your favourite supermarket, fashion brand, your local cafe. This is an easy copy and paste, fill in the gaps that mean it's relevant to the business you want to contact. Easy. More details at iamandreafox.co.uk. So let's go on to sustainable versus responsible. Why is that a definition important for you as a brand? So I, I don't like to ever call my call us as a brand sustainable because I just feel like the very act of putting more things into the world is unsustainable. It's it's encouraging consumption in one form or one form or another. So I just feel like it's the wrong terminology to use as a brand. Um, and I think that it's become, you know, such a buzzword now. There's a lot of greenwashing mm. going around. And so uh, one of the big things about Catch Reese as a company is honesty. And I feel like calling ourselves sustainable isn't an honest depiction. We're still a brand. We still need to make money. Um, we're still selling people things. And so instead, I like to say that we're a responsible brand which means that we're basically responsible for everything that we do um, and how that affects both the planet and people. Um, and so it's just, it's, 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 I think it's good as a business to have your values because it means that when you come to making any kind of decision, you can, you can go back to your values and use them to inform that decision. Um, and so it, it's something that I always think about whenever I'm, thinking about anything any decisions within the business is that is that are we being responsible with this yeah yeah I love that definition and I love that honesty and I just wish that we could sort of get past the greenwashing stage that we're at but you bring up the term greenwashing which we're all more aware of in terms of fashion but do you think there is greenwashing within the jewellery industry as well yeah 100% it's really interesting I I have noticed even in the last year, all the big sort of, but I would call them fast fashion brands, jewelry mm. brands, um, are are suddenly doing all this work around how ethical they are and their sustainability, um, and it's very much an afterthought. It's never been sort of written into the into the core of their business. And while I'm like really pleased obviously that that businesses are going to more of an effort to do better i i'd slightly question their motives i think um and i definitely think that there's a there's a fast fashion problem within the jewelry industry which is so overlooked i think that people think that gold plated jewelry or gold vermeil jewelry means it's really luxury and some of their price points make you feel like it's really luxury but actually you know it, it, they're putting stuff into the world that is not going to be usable within a year and where's it going to end up it's going to end up at the back of someone's cupboard unused thrown away so it's for me there's that's 
fast fashion in a nutshell and something with a limited number of uses and also just the the sheer amount of new collections that people bring out I find really Mm. shocking I think that the world wants new all the time they want newness Mm. and brands feel like they have to keep up with that and so every week it's new this new collection that new collection and encouraging people to buy more 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 and I I don't really believe in that it's difficult because as a business obviously you should be encouraging people to buy from you and you need to in order to survive but at the same time I don't believe in bringing out newness constantly because it means the quality will be diminished and you're you're going with trend-led stuff that isn't gonna isn't gonna be worn in a year's time and that's just not what Catch Reese is about. Yeah, it's definitely more about those classic pieces, like you say, the hoops, the necklaces that you will wear again and again, rather than, you know, whatever the latest trend is. But yeah, yeah, that must be really interesting as a brand to sort of see so many other people doing things differently and be like, I'm just yeah. going to have to ignore that. It's, yeah, it is. It is. It's, it is difficult. And also because they've got these budgets. That's what's really tricky yeah. is 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 the bigger brands obviously have the bigger budgets for marketing as well and so they they can hire in people from an outside organization to come in and go do this do that this word say you're more sustainable yeah and then you can and then you can market it and it Mm. it is just business and i'm glad that businesses are taking a step in the right direction but i think people are definitely shopping more towards their values it used mm. to be, um, I think it used to be to do with like brand, you know, brands and being emblazoned with a logo, um, and that was what was, that was what was what was sort of cool or hip. And now I think people are more more shopping for their values, and so they love to be able to say, oh, like if someone compliments them on their jewelry, oh, thanks, it's made from recycled metals. Yeah, you know, it's an ethical brand. Oh, thanks, it's rented. Oh, thanks, it's a sustainable. Yeah, yeah completely. Yeah. That's and become the cool that. thing finally. Yeah, or Basically. it's secondhand, it's vintage. Yeah, or I, I had it adjusted. Da 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 da. Yeah, it's yeah. great, but then you have to question what some of these brands' values actually are if mm. if that wasn't intrinsically part of their business model before yeah. it became popular popular yeah completely and I suppose for consumers people listening out there now who are apparently being like damn I was tricked by gold plating or whatever are there any things you can recommend to look for when you are buying jewelry if you do want to buy something you are going to spend your hard-earned cash spend that little bit more and have something you hope to keep forever and ever when it comes to more sustainable materials or recycled materials are those the things that people should be looking for maybe yeah, I would say as a rule, um, I mean, there is definitely a place for that costume jewellery that you wear, you know, at Christmas or to a special occasion. Or I think as a rule, if if you're going to buy a piece of jewellery that you want to wear all the time, that you want to have longevity, that you want to be able to shower in and sleep in, then you should always be looking for solid gold or solid silver um, because it will, it will last. Mm. The colour never fades. It's much more expensive as a raw material, but you're going to have it. The cost per wear is, you know, makes it worthwhile if you're wearing something every day and never taking it off. Um, So I would say to look out for, yeah, solid, solid gold and silver and where possible recycled metals. And just look at the transparency, 
I would say in the business about where things are made mm. um, and how honest they are and just ask questions I would yeah um, and also if they're I would as I said before if they're bringing out a new product every single week or a new product line every single week then how ethical can they really be because mm. I, I just I believe that that I, as I said at the beginning I think overconsumption is the is the worst thing yeah. um, and so putting that much stuff into the world and encouraging people to buy more 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 is is the biggest issue I think yeah completely and I suppose like you say it's a circular material it can be recycled gold yeah um, without any like degrading in the quality of it so no not at all and it's plating kind of... I mean plating as a um process is so unethical as well really oh yeah yeah it's it's a lot of ke- like the chemicals used and the amount of energy used for plating is Gosh. uh is not good so uh, some of these brands will say send it back and we'll pl- like, we'll replate it for you but that again is not not as ethical it's not as easily recycled plated jewelry either oh no and there I was about to send you all my plated jewellery. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, like you say, it's gonna, it's yeah, quite chemical heavy process. All of that, so yeah, not not the best. I, yeah, and I guess just think about um, jewellery you've been handed down. I think that's another thing that's mm. really nice is people get handed down things from their parents or their grandparents, and the reason you get handed down solid gold is because it lasts. You don't get mm. handed down a plated piece of jewellery from fifty years ago you just it's just not that's just not what happens it's gone yeah completely completely and I suppose we talk about the circular economy we talk about slow fashion is that obviously something you're hoping is going to catch on in the jewelry world this sort of idea of slow rather than constant bringing things out massively yeah I would love that that's the main aim for me with with the brand is we we always say we only produce classic design so we think about those pieces that would slot into your wardrobe and just you would wear all the time and would Mm. would fit in seamlessly and actually one of the things that I really want to do hopefully this year if I get the time is to start a recycling program for jewelry where you can recycle another piece and then you get credit on your catch-release account Um, and then we would recycle the metal back into jewelry so that would provide more of a more of a circular um, economy as a business that would be awesome. And yeah. would that be like everything, like cold plated stuff or stuff that you've produced? What more? Yeah, I don't know about it? plated stuff. Mm. I need to, as I say, like I'm learning everything as I go. As I go. Um, but yeah, potentially plated things as well. Um, cool. But mainly, yeah, like if you had something that was broken, like an, or or that you just didn't love, you yeah, know, that you didn't love anymore, that that was maybe a bit more trend led, that was silver or gold. Um, then you could recycle yeah. it back with us or even yeah an old catrice piece that you wanted to give a new lease of life and, and get get yeah. something else yeah um, that, that sounds awesome aim. yeah I definitely have to keep an eye I was going to ask you what's next for catrice so that's that covered <laughs> so yeah we've got that we've got we've just launched our new website which is very exciting yeah. very um, nice and shiny and new yeah it's yeah that's great and we are we are pursuing new suppliers because at the moment our hoops aren't recycled so everything else is recycled but um the hoops aren't from recycled metal which is to do with what i was saying earlier about finding Mm. a supplier that can the skill of the hinge and things make make the 
the designs that we want, but in the ethical way, um, both in production and in materials. Um, mm -hmm. So we are we are in the process of exploring new options for that. So hoping to be 100% recycled metals by the end of the year, which fingers crossed will happen. And it's really exciting. Cool. Oh, well, thank you so much for chatting to me. At this point, we only have two more questions, the ones I always ask our guests. One is slightly weird. Um, we're obviously called the age of plastic. It's sort of a gateway issue for people into lots of environmental issues. But we're lovers, not haters, because plastic has its place. So is there an item in your life that you're thankful for because it contains plastic? I'm now realising that I always say my microphone, but it's probably also got plastic and gold in, I've realised during this it conversation. It does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it to you when it uh, yeah, finally dies. Yeah, it's the end of its life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, any plastic item in your life you're thankful for? So I would say a mechanical pencil. <laughs> I know that's quite a weird one, but I have this thing where I don't write anything in pen and I love my mechanical pencil. Mm. Um, and I use it all day, every day. Um, so that would be probably my favorite plastic item. Well, that is a very specific one. You have a lovely <laughs> sausage dog. So I did what who appears a lot on the social media. So I wondered if it would be anything like pet related. But I love that. I'm trying I to think if he has any pla pencil. I don't know if he's got any plastic. Maybe, oh, well done. Yeah. Plastic free dog. He's a plastic free dog. I'm sure he does <laughs> in some way. Chewed up tennis ball somewhere that he's keeping. Oh, from yeah. Yeah. Tennis ball for sure. <laughs> um, and also final question then, Catch, your environmental hero, please. So I would say my environmental hero is Maggie Marilyn I don't know if you Ooh, know of Maggie Marilyn so Maggie Marilyn. she is uh she has a clothing brand she's from New Zealand and just the way that she runs her brand I find really really inspiring and um, she's incredibly transparent in terms of everything that they do and the whole supply chain and in a very similar way to what I'm trying to do with Catrice they have a sort of forever collection um, mm. of basics and then they kind of add pieces onto that um, and and she just does really great things I think with a brand in the fa within the fashion industry that shows that because fashion is great and I love it and mm. it's really fun and she just shows that there is a way to do it in a responsible way yeah um, like she stopped selling wholesale recently because she realized that that was causing more waste so it but that potentially wouldn't be the best decision in terms of profit or you know margins business wise but she does everything really responsibly and also the clothes are amazing because i think that's another key thing with sustainability is that it's got to be as gorgeous as something that isn't sustainable and i think that we're getting there now but it used to sort of be Things that were more ethical were like a Hessian sack dress. Yes. Or... I feel awful for saying that, but I definitely had that like assumption. And I'm definitely, I definitely, because I love colourful clothes. And I was just like, should I stop using dye? Like, should I stop buying these clothes? But there are ways to do things more responsibly. And there's some brilliant people I follow on social media that I'll put in the show notes who have multicolored wardrobes which I absolutely love and they managed to get it all second hand so I think there is that we are starting to see sustainability and you know classic designs or really fun designs whereas it used to be like you say a bit of uh, here you go here's some hemp that's not been dyed totally <laughs> and also the main thing is about getting more people on board 
mm. with the idea of being more ethical and responsible. And yeah. the best way to do that is to make amazing products. And, yes. And so I'm all for people making really beautiful products that are still done in an ethical way. So yeah, check, check out Maggie Marilyn, she's great. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> really enjoyed this chat. So thank you oh, so much for too. chatting to me for the Age of Plastic podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Love the Catch Reese products. I will link to that new website with loads more information on. Um, hopefully you found that interesting today, even if you don't even have your ears pierced. There is an art to making everything, isn't there? From plastic cups to the garments we wear to the artisan skills involved in jewellery, but also chemicals. And, you know, it's so interesting, isn't it, to learn about, you know, what we're taking from the earth and how it's actually done. Interesting as well to learn about the recycled materials from e-waste being used in jewellery. And who knows, maybe in the future, recycled microphones we are going to get into e-waste on the next episode more on that in a second after our eco life hack and a shout out for this week eco life hack kind of to do with the last episode and we talked to lauren groper from the repurpose brand lots of products compostable but obviously you may live in a flat like me you don't necessarily have compost waste disposal where you live there is a brilliant website called findacomposter.com if you happen to be listening in canada or Northern America, which will, as the name suggests, help you find a composter. So that's today's Eco Life Hack for this episode. Big thank you as well to Heidi. He got in touch from the podcast magazine um, with a review for their Under the Radar section. Thank you so much for featuring the Age of Plastic podcast. If you want to check out more about the podcast magazine, I'll put the links in the show notes. Coming up on the next episode of the Age Plastic podcast, I've mentioned it a few times already, e-waste. I'm going to be talking to the founder of Reboxed about the issues and the innovations in the tech space when it comes to refurbing, recycling and reusing our phones. More on that on the next episode. Until then, stay safe. Ciao, adios, I'm done. 